Unfederated, a podcast for freelancers hosted by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but have found a way to make a living doing what they love. Hey, Sarah. Hey, brother. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Very good. It's, um, it's been a good week. Uh, it's the week before Thanksgiving. So that's the holidays yeah. are, are happening to us. Yeah. Are, are you experiencing a season of everyone else has bigger fish to fry and they're leaving you alone? Or are you experiencing a season of, oh my God, we got to get this done before Thanksgiving? Definitely the latter. Okay. So that's, uh, it's its own level of anxiety provoking for sure. Um, and to totally organically segue into our discussion topic, um, I have been, I guess because the holidays are happening, a lot of my clients and colleagues who've been planning on delegating things to me have been like, well, the holidays are coming up. I better actually pull the trigger on that. <laughs> Sarah, go ahead. And I'm like, wonderful. I'm happy to. <laughs> but it's the holidays for me too. So yeah, it would have been cool in September, but this is fine. This is good. Um, so that's kind of where, where I'm at right now, which is nice. It's a, it's a good thing. It is a little bit stressful because we're traveling and stuff, but. As I, as I go through my first full, you know, I'm almost to the end of my first full calendar year of freelancing. I've realized that holidays are, are like a mixed bag of that, right? Like some, like there's already some like end of the year pressure that's starting to build, which is kind of like seems a little early. And, um, but then there's some holidays that were just like, it was a ghost town. Like everyone disappeared. And yeah. Um, so anyways, it's been an interesting dynamic. I've tried to, I, I need to like keep notes. So next year I'm more prepared and can plan my, uh, <laughs> my events accordingly. That would be really wise. That that's what we should do. And that that's what listeners should do as well. Cause uh-huh. I, I do the same thing. There's like, I think I'm pretty sure between Christmas and, Jan- and January 1st, nothing is happening. Even if you were like really ready to do all the work, you couldn't. Right. Cause you're not, I mean, if you require any touch point from a single other person, it's just going to fall dead <laughs> as soon as you send it out there. So it just all depletes really fast. Um, so that's good to know and a good time to be gone. Uh, whereas, um, what was the most recent holiday? It was some Monday where it was halfway through the day before I realized it was like Veterans Day. Oh, yeah. Veterans Day. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, you could take off then, but nobody's going to understand yeah. why. <laughs> Although my friend who um, who's a government employee visited and she was like, I'll visit for the long weekend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <you> postal worker. <laughs> what year is it? I, I did the whole that Sunday, I guess, was technically Veterans Day. And I was thrown off by that because I always thought it was on Monday, like, you know, Labor Day. I, until this moment, thought it was Monday. Okay. Yeah. And then, and so I was like, oh, that's weird. That's weird all day. And then Monday, I walk out to like check the mail. <laughs> There's no mail. And I was like, oh, oh. Veterans Day. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of always like fist pump in the air like <laughs> yeah well I, I mean not to say that that we're not super enthused about a day honoring the veterans it's just oh yeah the, the concept of holidays and the ones that are less uh adhered to uniformly mm-hmm. and i liked your post that you put about um our grandmother and her oh yeah service in the waves the lady navy yeah she's a boss um, she is a boss. Yeah. <laughs> she also was a pinup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about delegating uh, today. Yeah. Which, <clears throat> as soon as I shared with you earlier, as soon as I started thinking about it for two seconds, I got overwhelmed and was like, I need to redo everything. Everything I'm doing is wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm going to try to just sit on that intensity of emotion <laughs> not not portray that through the podcast um yeah. seems so, like a good thing to sleep on yeah probably um you know what that is called um i was at a yoga retreat and um somebody came to the realization that they needed to quit their job and dare i say this no I mean, we talked about the yoga retreat but i didn't hear the story yeah somebody was like i just realized when we were meditating i need to quit my job and then this other woman from New Orleans was like, don't divorce your parakeet. <laughs> what does that and mean? I, we all just looked at her and she goes, you know, that's what they say at Burning Man. Like, 
Don't make any big decisions for three weeks after you get home from Burning Man. Don't divorce your parakeet. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And we all just were like, oh, okay. And then nodded and looked around. But apparently that's like a common burner thing. Mm. uh, Burning Manor thing. Um, (laughs) To not make big decisions after you get home. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I wish we did the... uh, episode titles like some of the other podcasts yeah. i listen to where you just find the most obscure like phrase from the podcast and make that the title and that would absolutely be the title oh, yeah. of this episode yeah <laughs> there's probably a couple out there i assume unless she's the one who came up with us which is uh-huh. unlikely um but yes so don't divorce your parakeet from listening to this episode um or do <laughs> yeah you do you you know um so uh I have a throw quote that's relevant to this. Yeah, let's hear it. A man is rich in proportion to the number of things he can afford to let alone. Hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it necessarily relates to this. I think people think it does, but it can also be a little bit bigger picture. But yeah. I'd heard someone talk about wealth in, in that same, I mean, I hate to use the word because it, it's been pl- uh, politicized, but privilege, you know, when you can hire people to wash your clothes and clean your house and, and you know, yeah. childcare and all the other things. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a measure of, they use a phrase, which I really like, um, like you can afford to make your life simple, right? Like that simplicity is kind of the measure of, of wealth because you can, you can start to limit the amount of things you're responsible for. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of what we're talking about for our businesses uh, when we talk about outsourcing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Outsourcing kind of is already appropriated really heavily by which person, if you had to pick a person who was like the face of outsourcing and delegating, who would you pick? Well, so I was thinking about asking about a particular book, and that's Tim Ferriss's (laughs) 4-Hour Okay. And so that was already in my mind yeah. before you asked me that question. Yep. <laughs> you got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, I mean, I read that. First, I read the abbreviated, like, synopsis version that you can get. <laughs> that the takes, notes? Yeah. Because if there's, I mean, I felt like that was true to the spirit of the book. <laughs> like, yeah. So for sure. I read that. However... I subsequently read the whole thing and got way more out of it. So I don't know what time value and analysis that um, that reveals some kind of truth. But that's fair. Anyways, I mean, for me, I read that book and thought probably what a lot of people think, which is like, oh, I need to start delegating all of these things. And then I tried um, with somewhat limited success because you can delegate um projects you can't ever delegate the ultimate responsibility for those projects right yeah. <laughs> so like you're still on the hook you can't it would be awesome if you could hire someone uh, in a great uh, you know firm in India or somewhere else in you know across the globe to say hey i'm going <laughs> i'm going to worry about this and it's going to be my reputation on the line if it's messed up but that's not an option yet right so and, and and for the sake of like transparency, this will come up, but like I really struggle with outsourcing stuff for that very reason. Like I've found I tend to do things the things that I do pretty efficiently. Yes. That's like something I take pride in is finding the most efficient way to do things. And so oftentimes I struggle with the notion of the time it would take for me to pass the baton to someone. Yes. And manage them. And assess the quality like the quality control component of that like reviewing the work as hardly a benefit or not tilting the scales of just doing it myself you know absolutely um i feel that way a lot and it kind of chills my efforts like i i've i've dabbled in um getfriday.com i don't know if it still exists honestly but it was a whole bunch of folks in India who were, they had a legal department and, um, and I got them to do some rote research and things for me. Mm -hmm. And they did. I mean, it was cool because you'd wake up 
And it was done because of the time change. Yeah. Um, and that's a great feeling. Uh, and it was great because it's just sometimes taking something from the very, very first Google search all the way to a finished product yourself is just by virtue of the, you know, it's just harder than if somebody said, hey, here's a 30 page document that has everything you need to know in it. And then, you know, you're seeing it for the first time already assembled and then you can analyze it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like part of the, uh, the process, the journey is part of the process. Like yeah. it's a learning experience throughout that you're going to have a greater mastery of the topic. It's true. But you also, you get like fatigued. Um, yeah. if you're yeah. doing the Google searches and you're like, then you can't really see the forest for the trees as much. So getting that, um, that kind of all assembled was valuable. I found. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. It, but that was for a, um like a thirty state survey that I, I was. You search yeah. the web for search doesn't like then you can't really see the forest for the trees as much. So getting that they're kind of all simple. I found it on your iPhone. Nailed it, Siri. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, so I got an Apple Watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been going great. I giggled when we first started talking on this call because uh, like always I triggered Siri on my phone um, (laughs) when I said, Hey Sarah. So yeah, I'm going to start requiring a different salutation of people. It needs to be like, there you go. (laughs) Good day, Sarah. Um, because I've had a couple of people on conference calls be like, I just triggered Siri. Like, I know (laughs) (laughs) I feel for like, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise's kid. <laughs> she must be very annoyed by that. And all of the rest of her life is very normal. Um, uh, yeah, I feel for her on multiple levels. <laughs> Just that. Um, so that was so long. Um, yeah, uh, I used it. I thought it was valuable because it was able to keep the ball rolling even when I wasn't doing anything and stuff like that. But then I just kind of didn't have anything else that suited it. And I got them to do a couple of things for me where they just kind of screwed it up or it didn't do a good job. Oh, I know what it was. I was um, I had this big list of people that I wanted to send cards to. And I was like, hey, can you find the addresses for this big list of people? A lot of them are going to be connected to me on LinkedIn. Most of them are going to be in Colorado or Tennessee. Um, and then they filled in this Excel spreadsheet and returned it. And like, it was just, you know, people from like Canada and like LA and stuff that clearly weren't the right people to connect with my, you know, they just had the same name. Mm. So, um, that would have been a normal time to like give them some constructive feedback and make them do it again. But instead it was like, I'll just do it myself. So, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that, but I will counter your statement, which is that you said you were like kind of resistant to to outsourcing. And I think you're excellent at the outsourcing because there's two branches of outsourcing. There's like delegating and there's automating. Okay. And I think you are very good at automating. Hmm. Yeah. I've never really thought about that way. Right. Because I always just think about the human, like, mm-hmm passing to a human versus passing to a system or a tool. Right. And that's like, as far as I can tell, that's the, the process that is recommended is you take your things that, that you're doing and you try, you think on each of them, do I need to be doing this? And if the answer is yes, you're, you, you say, okay, well, can I automate it? And if the answer is yes, you automate it. If the answer is no, and you say, can I delegate it? And if the answer is yes, you delegate it. If the answer is no, you do it yourself. And then the idea is you whittle it down to a smaller portion of things through that intentional process. Interesting. I've never considered that as a form of outsourcing, but I do that probably to a fault because I think I often spend more time trying to optimize a particular situation, automate a particular situation than the, than the need <laughs> calls for. You know, yeah. like I will build a system for something that needs to be done one time um, and uh, waste uh, entirely too much effort. Yeah, I mean, that that. was that was the name of the game when we were kids and you would like reassemble radios and have me holding aluminum foil to try to get (laughs) it like it was a functional radio to start with. Like, what? (laughs) here we are breaking it into pieces, making a worse version of the radio. Um, But. 
you know, I think like that is a weird balance and, and that problem is, is an interesting problem. One of the things that you do and could turn me on to that we've talked about before was text edit. And yeah. I think Te- text expander. Te- yeah. Text expander. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Um, and uh, the reason that I think about that a lot is there's so many times that I'm just typing the same thing three or four times. Yeah. And you can add the way text expander works. You add, you know, like a shortcut of just a couple um, letters in. And then anytime you type those letters, the the full body of what you're typing comes up. Right. So it's just this. Con- I'll, I'll type like warm regards, comma, at the end of an email. And then I'll do that three times in a row. And I'll think like, is it really worth it for me to open text expander? And add a snippet for that particular issue. Yeah. And then, you know, I go back and forth and then I do and I use it that day, but then I forget what the shortcut was a couple days later. Like, is it worth it for me to open Text Expander and look <laughs> up what that shortcut was? And I'm constantly going back and forth trying to decide if it's if it's worth like the system or the automation is worth it. Yeah. Um, and I think what is different is you see inherent value in automating. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, yeah, it's worth it because I didn't have to do it. <laughs> it was automated yeah. and that's the right way to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that, um, you know, it leads you to a great success. And I would love to see you just, you know, every week publish something about like, here's a, a workflow that you could do for, for dum-dums. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, because you're so good at them. And I just adopt them aggressively like you you recommend things all the time like copied that app yeah so i realized recently that i was copying i was having trouble getting stuff from what i was working on on the computer to my phone and so i like there's an address or there's a phone number there's um a huge long password or whatever and and i downloaded copied as an app on my computer and my phone so that when I highlight and copy something on my computer, and it can be a quite sizable piece of text, then I open copied on my phone and it's all there. Mm-hmm. And that took like 30 minutes. <laughs> Was that worth it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's come in handy a handful of times, actually more than I would have thought. So maybe sometimes you you automate and then if it's a good automation, it becomes valuable because you know you can use it. So. Um, possibly that's a, that's a thing, but I mean, how do you make the decision on if it's worth uh, taking the time to automate something or not? Cause I think that's a similar analysis to if it's worth taking the time to delegate or not. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, you know, I mentioned, I kind of struggle with it a little bit. Um, I, I feel like looking at, I mentioned before I track my time, I don't bill by the hour, but like I do measure like the things I'm doing. And I have a good, like a good sense of when I'm spending a lot of time doing something kind of crazy. Um, I'll, I'll use this example, um, keywords and AdWords. I'm gonna get a little technical, but it doesn't, it's kind of irrelevant. It, you oftentimes take some words and you put parentheses around them or you put uh, brackets around them and that signifies something in AdWords, you know, it doesn't matter what, but like, I often will have like a big list of words and I need these words. And then I, I need all of these words that have brackets around them, or all of these words have um, quotation marks around them, you know? And so I'd, I had a developer friend of mine, write A text expander snippet for doing just that where I can, I can add them to my clipboard. I can, you know, type, you know, comma, a couple letters, and then it automatically paste what's on my clipboard with quotation marks around it. That's awesome. That saved me. That saved me like, hours and hours and hours and hours, you know, but it took me a couple of years to like go to the trouble of reaching out to one of my friends that's capable of doing that, like negotiating a price for the time, you know, took him to do it and do the whole thing. But now that I've had it, it's, it's been an asset to me. You know, I've actually thought about, you know, taking that and publishing it on my blog or something so that other people can use it. Um, it's a very niche use case, but if you do what I do, I think it could be really helpful you know, there's stuff like that, this even still like a hurdle to kind of get over to like find a really good system at. But now that I'm in a world where as a freelancer that my, uh, far and away, my most limited resource is time. All of a sudden there's like a really, a very real value to a lot of that kind of stuff. And where, when I was working in the agency world, I might 
toy with or even create some similar assets like that for uh, for my own benefit, just that I'm not having to do like menial tasks. Um, it didn't it, it didn't benefit me like financially or you know my quality of life did not improve from it. And now all of a sudden there's a lot more you know headroom, a lot more uh, opportunity for things to get better by using better tools. Um, and so that's, that's been a fun part of being a freelancer is like getting one, the total autonomy to, to change the workflow, to accommodate whatever that is. Right. Like I don't have to go sell my coworkers on doing it. Right. And, and two, that once I have this thing that allows me to do this task, you know, and the, a third is much time, then like I get to keep the other two thirds worth of capacity or, or revenue. Right. Yeah. And, and that's um, super valuable. And I think like hearing you talk about it, I think you make a really good point. And in talking about it as though it's a tool, automating, um, <clears throat> I think automating and delegating our tools are um, like, uh, I just had a big uh, Friendsgiving yesterday. I mean, you can make whipped cream by hand <laughs> with the <a> whisk <laughs> you could probably uh-huh. make it with a fork if you had it really in you um you know just really beating the heavy whipping cream you'd eventually get there but it, and maybe it's not worth getting you know a, um, a mixer just for that purpose but at the same time if you think about any time that you've used the right tool for a, a project and um, you wind up thinking of additional ways to use that tool Right. And in building on it. So I think even if it's a one to one, I think if it's me typing warm regards, comma, takes this three times, takes the same amount of time as me opening up text expander and making a snippet. So now I can write X W R and it comes uh-huh. up, you know, just doing that actually in, in knowing how text expand and having that fluency with it. Um, is what builds to things like how I have all of my favorite contractual provisions on text expander and I can just like bloop, put them in. <laughs> for, yeah. uh, and that makes me a better lawyer. It makes me so much more efficient. And it, so I think if, if it's one-to-one, even if it takes the same amount of time, the fact of automation is better. And that every single time I can think of that I automated something, it was it was ultimately worth it in ways that I couldn't necessarily have um, foreseen. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'll, t- I'll tell you one use case I have a lot for, well, text expander specifically, but a lot of automation. I really struggle with the transition from work Rob to being personable and friendly Rob. <laughs> You know, is work Rob a real jerk? <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, unfortunately my default behavior. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I'm focused in on something and, and this is, this is always especially difficult in agency world. Like I'd be trying to do something that required bandwidth, like mental capacity, uh, you know, yeah. emotional labor. And I would be trying to do that thing. And I would have people come up and like want to, you know, shoot the breeze with me. Right. Like, yeah. and, and I, the going from one to the other was extremely difficult for me. And, and so now I'd, I'd be rude to that person or I'd come out of what I'm doing and engage that person, but then I really struggle to come back and like finish what I was working on and, and do good work there. Yeah. Um, and one, one way I've used tools like text expander and some other automation stuff I do effectively is when I'm in the mood to, to use my emotional intelligence, I, I will like, I've, I've produced some text expander snippets of like, for example, um, like a plightful decline, right? Oh my gosh. Like, You're a robot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> people weirdo. ask me to do stuff and I'm like, you know, you get these emails too. Don't even pretend, but yeah, you like, but you I open have a, like robot response. <laughs> <laughs> Must say no. Yeah. Um, What's your, what's your shortcut for that? You get the email, uh, you know, within like 15 seconds of opening the email that there's not a snowball's chance of that you have any interest in doing the thing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so like you either like it becomes this responsibility. Now you have to sit down and like write something that's kind and thoughtful that yeah. says no firmly, but not, you know, not coming across as a jerk. And so like stuff like that, I, I will try to put together like a, in this example, text expander snippet for, so that I can 
do that and it re- not require my time. What is your shortcut? <laughs> is it like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> comma in like, a H H H H H H H. Yeah. Like screw off. <laughs> yeah. Comma. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I guess it's probably helpful if you're not familiar with text expander, I'll, I'll go one level deeper. So that's helpful for folks. But so, um, I, I think it text expander is incredibly difficult to explain other than just showing examples. And, and so like, for example, uh, for me, all of my snippets, my, um, uh, the little short code I use all starts with comma. So, you know, comma cell may expand to be my formatted cell phone number with the area code and parentheses and the, and the hyphen in the middle, right? Like, yeah. and, and be just the way I want it. Um, I have a text expander snippet that's comma confirm that if I have a call in the afternoon that I will send, and it's essentially like uh, maybe a, a three paragraph email that says, Hey, just confirming our call today at this time. Like we, we will, I hope to cover X topics. I expect the call to take this long. And here is like an optional section that has call details for my conference call line in, in the event that that's being used. And like it takes me about five seconds to send that email. And if I've got a call that's of significance, I want to make sure that that happens. Uh, it's worth me firing that away and just making sure everyone's on the same page before I get on and waste a bunch of time um, due to a commu- miscommunication or yeah. scheduling conflict. So um, like I have dozens and dozens of everything from like something like confirm or directions to an office or whatever to stupid little emojis or links to gifs or like just um for example if you do comma kill me it's it's <laughs> the the emoji of the dead smiley face but with the the squirt gun on one side and then like the squirty water on the other <laughs> side and oh, you know like i'll yeah. do stuff anything that i do multiple uh often you know repetitively i have some of those similar ones if i type like call in info all in one word it's like please see the conference line attached, like participation code, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But can you imagine like having like a world where you. Yes. I used to like have to go copy and paste that every time. <sighs> like an idiot. I... <laughs> well, at my last traditional job, I was in charge of our operations. And so one of the things I did was um, we tried to not have a fax number, but people really just needed yeah. us to have a fax number. So I created an e-fax thing that came to our email. And so we had a fax number and I posted it in three or four different like centrally located places where anyone in the company could access them, you know, yeah. like in our Google Drive and other places. And, and you got 20 emails a day asking you for the fax number. Yeah, yeah. At least three times a week, someone would be like, Hey, what's our fax number? And it's just, you know, the same, like yeah. there are like eight people in our company. So it's like, yeah, you know, this, uh, and, and every time it was just like comma fax, <laughs> you know, and like yeah. send it back to them. And I actually tried to get us as a professional services firm. So I tried to get us all using text expander. Cause I thought, gosh, like, no, yeah. you, you know, how much, how beneficial could this be? Cause there, there's like a team's plan. And so like everyone could just do comma facts and then no one is, needs to know the fax number. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like that, uh, is huge for automation. Yeah. The automation part that you have down. And then I think there's some things you can't automate. And um, if you Google that, it comes up and it's like, things to delegate. If you're a freelancer, you should for sure delegate your accounting and your contracts and your marketing. And we're two of those three things. So (laughs) we encourage you, listener, to delegate. (laughs) um, You know, like those are great examples of things that you can't automate, but like you should not spend the time to become a professional on. Right. Yeah. Um, And bookkeeping stuff. So then I started thinking about the stuff I have already delegated. And and as far as I'm treasurer of um, this nonprofit, and we have this wonderful bookkeeper, and I have delegated to her so aggressively. And I was just thinking about it right before this thing. And I was like, good Lord, why am I not paying her to do that for everything? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like just shooting her an email and saying, um, like, Hey, Crystal, can you cut a check for this person? Um, they're at this firm. So look up their address. It's so much easier. 
And so much less annoying than going and finding the checkbook and writing the check out and like putting the stuff in an envelope and um and she just does it. She uh, you know makes some Wells Fargo like e payment thing that goes through the mail and they get this check in the mail or whatever. I don't care how she does it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems so little, but the amount of work for the nonprofit that she's taken off of my plate and allowed me to be more high level strategic. It's insane that until today, I didn't even think about the fact that I should have her managing my um, work account. Hmm. Um, so for me, bookkeeping makes tons of sense. Accounting makes a ton of sense. Apparently the jobs act like, super heavily impacts um me for right where my uh um right where my uh, how much money i'm making uh mm. this year is i'm like right on the cusp of a million things <laughs> and so i have to be really strategic um and so getting an accountant to to actually handle all of that for me is a no brainer um probably people sh- shouldn't do their contracts C- site to contracts episode <laughs> in the past right um for all of those reasons like you you could you, pretty much any intelligent person could eventually figure out how to do contracts it's not rocket science or what is it brain science or rocket surgery or whatever rocket surgery yeah, yeah. rocket surgery <laughs> but like you shouldn't spend your time doing that. It's well worth a thousand dollars to not spend, you know, two hundred hours on something to get it right. Yeah. Um. So, another thing apparently is when you delegate, and I think this would have helped me because there have been a lot of times that I something wasn't automatable, um, but it was delegatable, and then I made some kind of like half effort to delegate it like one time i listed something on upwork or up council i don't know the one that you can get like administrative assistance and stuff yeah and tried to get her on board and it, the person seemed really on board and great and all i was trying to get was somebody who could call people back when i got cold calls or emails and and kind of run um interference a little bit so that i didn't um spend so much time just like <laughs> i'm very weird and that people call my office and i'm like this is sarah and if you just cold call a lawyer's office and they actually answer it's almost unnerving <laughs> to a lot of people <laughs> um so that would have been a huge time saver but then she was in texas and like i don't know she tried it once and it didn't go over great and i just gave up so um i think uh that you can assume first of all I think if if I viewed it differently and I viewed that experience as inherently valuable because then I know how Upwork works. And even if it takes me twice as long to train her, then, you know, I then it would take for me to respond to that first call. Eventually, it's going to be helpful. And even if it's a one to one, even if I could be responding to those calls and instead I'm paying her and I'm spending just as much time managing her as I would respond to the calls there's still inherent value in it because I'm learning how the system works and I'll find some other really valuable use for her down yeah. the road. In the same way I do with software tools. Yes, exactly like that. Right. Like the way yeah. you automate things and the way you find that the process inherently valuable, I think is right. And I think that's the way that I should probably view delegating is just assume it's going to take two or three different uh, uses of people Mm-hmm. assume that it's going to take time to to manage them and actually test multiple resources, provide them with schedules, and then like assume you have to take a minute to give them feedback and to course correct, and then assume you have to create a backup plan. And just don't stress about, oh gosh, I've already spent twice as long as what this, the time this person has saved me. Just, yeah, it, you know, it will become worthwhile, I think. That's totally my fear because I feel like I'd I'd spend that time, like if you're if you're outsourcing for freelancers, um, like, I mean I would only imagine that's like a pretty flaky group of people because freelancers, generally speaking, have a have a reputation for being pretty flaky. So yeah, if if it's the work we're handing off, yeah, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, it feels like kind of a bottom of the barrel kind of thing. And so my my fear has been you know, I'm going to train this person. They're going to bail. Yeah. I'm going to get the new person, train them. And it's just going to be this never endless cycle of, Hey Rob, why don't you just answer your own phone? Yeah. Oh, totally. 
I mean, and I've, I've gone back. I even tried this, um, this intern paying this intern $30, um, per call to respond to those calls. And he did a fine job. And I, I answer my own phone. Why? Like, why? Yeah. Just because I didn't like it's because I didn't view delegating as inherently valuable and I didn't um, set enough time aside for the process of it. Yeah. Because everybody is down with getting something off their plate, but like you're not really getting it off your plate. You're transitioning that same amount of time um, into some other way of working, really. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Is there anything that you currently delegate? Like I use this bookkeeper. I've had an intern. I've had an unpaid intern. Let's see. Um, I have accounting. I have um, I have people I work with who know more about, for instance, the data privacy and security laws or tax or something. And I will delegate portions of tasks to them. Um, what do you end up delegating? Yeah, it's a short list. Um, I mean tax preparation uh to an accountant but like i do all my own bookkeeping um you know the things you mentioned i of course do my own marketing because you know yeah that's what i do um i previously worked in an accounting firm so the bookkeeping stuff is really comfortable for me like i you know i also find i think in in that situation like the biggest part of my bookkeeping is invoicing and i'm not entirely sure i'm willing to let go of that because it's such a customer service thing. Yeah. Um, that I, you know, I, I just feel better doing it myself. It's actually like, it's actually like one of my favorite days of the month. Like, Oh gosh, really? Um, yeah. Like, uh, like the first thing of the, the first day of the month, first thing that day I, uh, I sit down and send out my invoices and as you, you know, as you might imagine, I have the, the process pretty dialed. You know, automated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, pull up uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony first of the month on YouTube, uh. <laughs> and I was uh, was blanking on the the uh, the people there, uh, and uh, listen to that on repeat while some voices wow. and like see how much you know how much I've made that month, and it's fun. So um, I, I would say though that the one thing that I've been faced with here recently um has been capacity. Yeah. And I know of or have heard of um two different people that are that are more junior that are wanting to get into my line of business Ooh. and have thought at times, hey, maybe I could bring them on as an intern or you know, uh as like a uh contractor, right? Yeah. And and uh hand some stuff to them and and not have to you know, but not not have to be so stressed out let them take some of the smaller work. I'd review it, that whole thing. And I've just struggled with that. Um, one from a control perspective two from my, like is, is the ROI there? Does it make sense for me to do that? Right. Um, and, and I think I could see, I think I could justify it a whole lot more if I had intentions of building an agency. Yeah. Like if I, if I wanted a team, like that's kind of a really logical first step of like, introducing someone into your company, right? And let them grow. And if they make it, then they can become an employee someday. And if not, then they don't. Um, but I don't have any interest in that. Like I don't, I don't um I think the biggest thing is just like autonomy, which is interesting because that's kind of the, you know, the four hour work week kind of thing is delegating stuff so you can just do the stuff you enjoy or want to do and you don't have to burden yourself with all the other stuff. But to me, I don't want a person I'm accountable to, right. right? Like I don't, I don't want to like have to have those things to them at the certain time, or um, you know, not be able to go play golf at two o'clock on a Wednesday because there's like someone I need to keep busy. You know, they're, yeah. they're supposed to come by and we're supposed to work on stuff together and have more meetings and that whole thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I just have, I've struggled with that component of it. And I'm probably blown it out of proportion, right? Like it's, it's yeah. probably not as bad as I'm making it out to be in my mind, but yeah. Well, cause you're, alas. you're thinking about what you've seen before mm -hmm. and creating a more informal web of people who all are responsible for themselves, take a lot of ownership, have a similar ethos and, um, work can be really cool. Like I've um, had an opportunity to work with other lawyers who are like, um, so on the ball that when I send the thing at night, 
um, at like eight o'clock or whatever and say, thanks so much for checking this out. I have to also say, you don't need to work on this tonight yeah, right. um, because they'll give it back to me the like at three in the morning if I don't say that. And you're like, yeah, good Lord. Um, so people who are really on top of it. Um, and once you experience that with people, then, you know, you can call on them and they don't need a ton of supervision. Maybe somebody does need a ton of supervision, like, you know, an unpaid intern might require a lot more handholding and supervision. But for instance, um, we have a, a new firm and new firm website thing going on, and we're going to need a ton of um, blog posts for SEO purposes. We can talk about later, but um, <laughs> getting the the intern to uh, strategically write blogs on different subjects so that he's you know helping us out, but also educating himself, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think even that's a bigger picture. Like it's hard for freelancers to do that and bring somebody in. If they're making, you know, $100, that's, it's hard to commit to paying somebody 60 you know, like, yeah. those are made up numbers, but it's still, it seems like a lot because everything we do is so lean and, and having one other person either makes you feel like you're in a financial crunch or like you're being a jerk right? Um, and doing to them what was done to you. <laughs> so Yeah, for sure. That's like a hard balance, but that's not the thing that you have to start with. You know, it's the... It's the what did I spend my day on today and which parts of that do I not need to do at all and which parts can I automate um, and in which parts can I actually delegate to these anonymous sources like you know, Ruby or whatever the, the phone call people. They're like $500 a month and that was too much for me. So I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to use them. They're apparently like yeah, they... return your phone calls and stuff for you, which is great if you have more phone calls than I have. But I have like a handful a month, really. Are you guys going to do something like that for the, the new firm setup? We haven't talked about it, but I think, okay. I, you know, it, it's, you know, honestly, I'm just not sold on it. It needs to be like a case by case person. It, and I was talking about that with um, my colleague and he he said, I'd really love to have an admin in here for, um, you know, four hours a day. And I said, could you please create a list of the things that you run across that you think? Oh, I'd love if an admin were here to do that. And we can sit down together and we can figure out. And this was before I even did any research on this topic. Because like we can see which ones we can systematize and then see what we're left with and make decisions about that. Yeah. Because you don't want to be lazy and not automate 10, you know, have 10 things that you don't want to do. Eight of them you could automate, but you're going to be lazy or you don't want to pay for the software or something. So then you just hire somebody. No, (laughs) that's way too much commitment. If you can automate eight and then you need two, then you can go. There's, you know, people, honey or your man in India or whatever these um, different sources are. Up Council, Upwork. um, TaskRabbit. TaskRabbit. Yes, absolutely. All of those people to just do it and get those two things resolved. Yeah. Don't hire somebody. Don't commit to to another person necessarily. I think I think a lot of people do that just out of like they wait until there's so many things and then they they try to use an additional person as a cure-all to all of them. Yeah. Instead of addressing each particular time suck as it comes along and <laughs> carving them out. Uh, because right. If you look at what my secretaries did when I had secretaries, it was stupid i mean they like printed out map quest directions for me and highlighted the destination and gave it to me before i went to durango for work like yeah like that is, none, of, well, none of that is necessary it's absolutely one of those things especially in like a legal or an accounting professional services environment where it like it begets more of that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like if you have like, Oh, you got all this stuff. So we gotta, we gotta get the person to help. Yeah. We got the person. And so now it's like, well, how do we keep the person busy? Cause like, it turns mm-hmm. out like what we're asking them to do is not like a tremendous amount of time. Yeah. We just didn't want to do the work. Um, or maybe the person understands how computers work and yeah. so they can do all the stuff that we're asking them to do in like two seconds, as much time. Yeah. And so then we got to find more stuff for them, but like, clearly we're not going to give them like, you know, the important work. So it's just like, what's more of this kind of stuff that we can continue to load them up on. Exactly that. And then they're, they're disenfranchised because they're not doing interesting stuff and everything that they do could be done by a machine better. Yep. Um, they're nervous because machines can take their job. Like no, no part of that is something that should be replicated. Like 
every single thing should be different. <laughs> um, for instance, we have a thing where, you know, we have a relatively low deposit limit and there's sometimes we can get a lot of checks in and um, all at once. So we can't deposit all of them electronically. Um, somebody wants to run them to the bank. That's annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> right now, each of us take a week. And so you only have one week a month where you're running checks. But um, th- there's a solution outside of that. <laughs> and the solution probably yeah. is to talk to the bank about getting a higher limit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But like, here we are signing up for weeks. It's just like, and then people think in their mind, God, we've got all these things going on. We've got, you know, this, we have returning the phone calls, we have running to the bank, we really need to hire uh-huh. somebody, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, I have struggled with this and I alluded to this a second ago, but like I've, my mind has gone to this like four hour work week thing where I said like, Hey, I used to manage a whole team of people that managed like digital advertising. Like it would not be hard for me to bring in said intern. Yeah. Maybe, maybe bring in a couple of them and go back to a place where I'm not really doing the work and I have a team of people, they do the work and I play golf on most Wednesdays or whatever, you know, um, whatever that looks like. I I go to more meetings. I do more of the content marketing, like whatever my capacity is, you know, virtually limitless at that point in time. Um, but I, I've, I've really like, I'm way on the other end of that spectrum at the moment. And to me, it feels like, there's two options. There's way on the end that I'm currently exist on or way on the other end where I'm working four hours a week, right? Like, yeah. Quote unquote, four hours a week. And to me, like everywhere in between feels like, like tension, you know, like feels like this awkward, I'm, yeah. I'm stuck between two things and I'm not really doing either one of them super well. Like you're not committing to either lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to be like working in Mexico, making your, your money in dollars and paying your staff in rupees and living <laughs> off of pesos or whatever like, Yeah, his concept yeah. was, <laughs> or you're, you're just not even doing it. I do have that sense, like you mentioned, uh, from, from doing some research for this episode, like the notion of like, Oh, I'm doing everything wrong. Maybe I should just like, yeah. hire people and have, <laughs> have them all do it, you know, but it's like, yeah. Oh gosh. Then yeah. like, you know, then you get in this mode where you're not doing the work and somebody like doesn't show up or craps out on you. And then like you're, you're back covering, yeah. you, you know, those sorts of things. And, and then like you I guess maybe this is what it is, but in, in my mind, you, you're not able, you're doing things that aren't planned, right? Like there's, there's more variables. So there's more unknown and you're like, I, I personally have, uh, my, uh, peace of mind is greater when I just know what I'm going to do tomorrow yeah. <laughs> versus like, uh, people throwing curveballs at me. That makes sense. But like, I don't know. It's not, I think that's probably why this paradigm shift that I'm going through right now (laughs) is valuable of realizing that the process and trying out different solutions, whether it's automation or people, um, trying out those solutions is in and of itself worthwhile because then when you have that one person you hired to, to help you out, crap out for some reason, well, there were two other solutions that you that you tried before that you are familiar with, that you know the efficacy of, and that you can at least like pair off a big part of the task and put it on them. And you you know you have a, a toolbox filled with things other than just you, right? You know, it's kind of like we're the, the hammer, and like you can do all of the building stuff sort of with a hammer, but y- you know you're gonna like it's gonna be a lot easier and a lot better project if you have all the other tools. So, yeah, well, I I think of someone that's like, say you're a photographer, right? And, and your work does not look like sitting in front of a computer, right? Right. It's out. I mean, the editing part. Yes. But like, um, you know, you are of a, your trade is one that isn't just, um, that, that requires your attention in different ways. Right. And, and for me, a lot of, um, mine is not that way, right? Like a, yeah. a lot of the work I do is, is sitting right here in front of this computer that allows me to do a whole lot of other things too. So then it becomes like a level of expertise, yeah. right? Like it, am I super intimidated by my bookkeeping or like, is that a, a, for whatever reason, is that a super manual process in my industry or 
with my clients or whatever, you know, then all of a sudden there, there are things that it, you know, wrinkles that are, uh, introduced in that situation that create need Yeah. to your point. Um, you know, you could take, you could certainly take an approach that uh, as your business grows, where you're not going to work with people that are going to require you to change your systems. Like if you have very well established systems, yeah. other than the need of like you be testing your systems and improving them for your own, you know, value. But then that's not always a choice, right? Like, as you alluded to earlier, like at some point things happen and you just have to adapt to them in unique ways. And having this toolbox can be super helpful. Yeah. And I mean, something could happen to you, right? Your one main tool. <laughs> and yeah, sure. Having all of those other tools becomes really, truly invaluable. Um, so I, and I've been worried about this a lot lately. I think every single person our age, yours and mine, um, should be worried about this and it probably every single other age, which is just a uh, technological fluency. Yeah. Um, and having worked with some, some gentlemen in, in their, um, later years and, you know, just really not understanding even where I'm coming from. We have these like truly true honest to goodness miscommunications because we are speaking different languages Yeah, because they don't understand really simple concepts the same way I would assume that you didn't need to state them. For instance, that you could um, give somebody your login and password and then they could they could log into an email account mm -hmm. that recently came up and they did not appreciate that that's how that worked. Yeah. So like that's a thing that you assume that you're all on the same page about. And when you're not, it really changes the whole discussions you had been having. So you, you really have to assume and know nothing um, baseline. And, and, you know, smart people, it's just technology is just changing so rapidly. And if you're not pushing yourself to stay um, abreast of it or to if you don't if you don't happen to have a very technologically savvy brother who's <laughs> like telling you everything <laughs> you need to do all the time. I don't know what happens to you, you know. So I think that's a that's an additional reason that I would say that supports the statement that delegating and automating are in and of themselves worthwhile processes. Even if they don't save you time, the process of it is worth it. Yeah. And they will save you time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's an investment though, right? Yeah. Like we, we use the phrase asset earlier and and it, it does. Like it it takes, you know. If if the task itself took one unit of time today, perhaps setting up a system for it via automation or delegation takes two or three units, then like you're you're putting time into the future, yeah. right? Like you're you're making an investment for future gain, and so, um, yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned you, we've mentioned like six or seven different um, delegation resources from like TaskRabbit and and those others. Like, are there any other automation tools that you use that are beneficial worth mentioning? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I think what we don't appreciate is that we all are actually delegating and automating a lot of stuff all the time. Like, we don't write letters. We, you know, we're emailing. And I call an Uber or a Lyft to take me to work, you know, half the time right. when it's snowy. And, you know, like, we're that's basically a task rabbit for a driver. Um, sometimes I've like, sometimes my mind is blown. I mean, somebody recently told me that their husband left something, um, at home and they had little kids and they needed to get it to him. So they just called an Uber and they were like, Hey, can you, uh, give this lunch to my husband? He's going to meet you at your destination. <laughs> you know, like, um, knowing your tools allow you to do that. And, and that's kind of like right on like delegating and automating in the same animal, in my opinion. Um, for stuff that I'm using, I, I use a lot of Google stuff for um, just an unbelievable savings of time. Super simple. But just having a Google Doc, <laughs> when you have 24 people coming over for a sit-down dinner and everybody's bringing a side, having people fill out what they're going to bring in a Google Doc saves you so much back and forth <laughs> amongst people. Um, you know, just... That that's my main, and then Lexicata and Clio. Anything that we've missed, that's so like really a key item in your automation arsenal. Yeah, I was I was trying to look because um, I have a whole folder of, of apps 
on my phone and then on my computer. Um, one that I think is super valuable, but super basic is that I think a lot of people miss are just keyboard shortcuts. Mm. Like if you spend a lot of time on the computer, if you go up into the, you know, the file menu or whatever, um, just about every one of those actions has a keyboard shortcut associated with it. And if you can get pretty like familiar with the ones you're using a lot, that can save you a tremendous amount of time. Um, along those lines, there's programs like, uh, there's an app called Keyboard Maestro um, that allows you to kind of create your own um, uh, keyboard shortcuts. And it's kind of like text expander for keyboard shortcuts for over, super over, overly simplistic. Okay. Um, but you can do a lot with it too. And, and it even will create like kind of multi phase kind of actions, you know, like, uh, take this file, move this file to this location, act on the file, do something, you know, zip it, do whatever, you know, you can kind of create little systems. If you find yourself doing kind of the same task over and over and over, um, it's pretty powerful for that. Um, one that I've benefited from a lot lately is an app on my phone that blocks spam calls. Oh, that's nice. Because <laughs> um, I've been getting blown up. I know. What's the app? I have been too. Um, I tried for a while an app called Nomo Robo. Sure. And and it was pretty solid, and I liked it. Um, and then I'm looking for the other one. I've abandoned it and started using one called... Uh, Robo Killer. Ah. And the thing I really like about Robo Killer is that it um, has a special feature that allows that that's trying to solve the problem of the spoofed local numbers. Oh uh, yeah. They're like, oh gosh, this is someone in my zip code calling me. It's probably for uh, that. Never works on me because my zip code is from Oklahoma. So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, clearly not real. <laughs> clearly not real. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's a hack in, yeah, in and of itself. It's very helpful. Like a, yeah. An out of town number. Um, yeah, for those as a freelancer, like you always are kind of like, oh, could this be work? Yeah. Like, do I need to answer this? And um, from that perspective, it's been super beneficial because, um, for example, we have family in East Tennessee that um, in certain small towns that I will get these fake spam calls from. And, hmm. and so like, I'm always tempted to answer them because I'm like, what if something's wrong? Yeah. What if this is like our, our loved one that is like, whatever. And it's not, it never is. Like yeah. I have their phone numbers in my phone. Why would they, you know, yeah. why, why would they be calling me from this random landline? Yeah. Um, and so anyways, it's just like to the extent of not liking distractions or interruptions while you're trying to do work, it's been super helpful. And it's kind of, I mean, you know, a version of what you're describing of someone to filter out some of those calls. Yeah. I mean, that's valuable. That's awesome. Good shout out. Mm -hmm. I think we covered a lot, but I hope that everybody feels as motivated as I do to like enter into this next, Yes, you know, especially when it comes to to the folks in in India or East Asia, because they're on a different holiday schedule. So yeah, as you roll into the holidays, (laughs) that's the time to explore. I wish we had some kind of promo code. We could. <laughs> <laughs> and you got the nighttime thing going for yeah. you, right? Like, which is pretty awesome too. That's so cool. Uh, you can hand them work and it's done when you wake up. Yep. <laughs> or they just had a question and they didn't get to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that In that case, yeah. you should stay awake all night to help me. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah. So that's the, <laughs> that's the takeaway. I think we, uh, we crushed it. What, what should we do if anybody has, Oh, well, I wish anybody who was listening to this would tell us what we missed and give us your way of automating or delegating. Because I think every time I hear you, Rob, say something, I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, I would love to hear everybody else. So that's my question is if people would please let us know how they're automating and delegating. Yeah, I'd love that too, because it's so industry specific, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's... um photography hacks, you know, that, that neither of us know or things for, uh, you know, big swaths of our listeners, graphic designers, uh, web developers, um, that would be really beneficial for us to share some of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, send them our way and we'll, uh, maybe share them in, in a future episode. We will. It'll be so interesting. 
Um, Unfederated.studio is where you can go to find how to reach us. Mm-hmm. And um, that's all. That's it. That's Unfederated it. Studio <laughs> slash 21. Is it 21? <laughs> It's 21, man. I'm all, right. I'm all over this. It's part of my system. Our <laughs> podcast is drinking age. So That's right. So ch- cheers. cheers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, Rob. Have a good day. See ya.